So, so God is pleading with sinners to be saved, not playing mind games with sinners to keep them lost. From Walking in Grace, this is the Straight Truth Podcast, Christian truths in an increasingly secular world. All right, Pastor, I want to bring up a question about the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, and this is often associated with the unforgivable sin is how people describe it. So this person asks, you know, what is the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit and how do they know if they've committed it? I want to read first this passage in Matthew 12. This is where there's a demon-oppressed man and uh, Jesus heals him, and then he's in this, you know, discussion with the Pharisees about, you know, about what took place, and they're jealous of him, of course. And, uh, and towards the end of that passage, this is in Matthew 12, uh, 30, Jesus says, whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. Therefore, I tell you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven people, but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. So what does that mean? That, that seems really serious, and, um, and especially for a Christian. Yeah. Um, we, we know that in Christ our sins are forgiven. They're erased, past, present, future. Our, our sins are covered at the cross. But this seems to be saying that there is a kind of unforgivable sin too. I wonder if you could explain that to us. Yeah, we talk about blasphemy. We're talking about something that's insulting to an outrageous degree. Specifically, when we think about God, we're, we're thinking about thoughts, attitudes, words that insult God, that are dismissive of God, that mock God. In this case, an emphasis is on the spoken word. Verse 32, whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. So you can have blasphemous thoughts and attitudes, but in this case, you have blasphemous words, mm -hmm. words that are spoken. And our Lord says in that verse that there's a kind of speech against the Spirit of God that will not be forgiven. Mm -hmm. He says, either in this age or in the age to come. And it's not uncommon that you meet with Christians, usually, I mean, people who are born again, who have come under some sort of fear or dread mm -hmm. that they might not be saved because they fear they've committed this sin. Mm -hmm. That's usually where I've yep. met with this, Josh. Yep. It's people who are troubled because they feel like they might have committed this mm -hmm. sin. So a few thoughts. One, this is just for me, this is just for Richard. I'm not certain that this particular sin can be committed today mm. be because of the very nature of it in, in, in the text we just read, mm. which is you have the Son of God on the earth, the, the eternal Son incarnated, mm. performing miraculous works. And, and the significance of that is that they were signs. Right? Mm -hmm. These are signs worked by the Father, by the power of the Spirit of God in and through the life of the Son of God. So this is God attesting to His own Son by mm -hmm. what He does. And people witness these things that they have no explanation for. Mm -hmm. In fact, there are things taking place that have never happened since the world began. Mm -hmm. And knowing, so I'm, I'm thinking specifically now about the Pharisees at one point saying, if we let Him go on like this, mm -hmm. Everyone will see these things he's doing and they're going to believe in him. I mean, so they're even out of their own mouths admitting things are taking place that ought to move people to mm -hmm. believe in him as the Messiah. And yet not only are they not believing in him, not only do they want him dead, mm -hmm. but they're attributing what he's done by the power of the Spirit to Satan. Mm -hmm. they're, they're taking what is light and they're calling it darkness. Mm. And they're taking what is the power and work of God and they're attributing it 
to Satan. Mm. That, that is really an unrepeatable sort of set of circumstances. To have God in human flesh standing before your eyes, performing signs worked by His Father, by the power of the Spirit, in and through His life, and then attributing that to Satan. Mm -hmm. so, so it is to, to have, in a sense, it is to have full light. You're not in the dark, you're not confused. In fact, he says something interesting here, Josh. He says, whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man, well, that's Jesus, mm -hmm. will be forgiven. But as you, as you know, that, that title, Son of Man, emphasizes His humanity, humanity right? Sure. So it's possible to see Jesus and not have a full understanding of who He is to see him as a man, mm -hmm. to misunderstand him as just a man, to speak harsh things against him, thinking he's just a man, and be forgiven that. Saul of Tarsus, the Apostle Paul, is an example of that. I mean, he was breathing out threats against Christians, That's putting true. Christians to death. He would have absolutely denied that Jesus of Nazareth was the Son of God until he met the resurrected, glorified Christ on the road to Damascus. Mm -hmm. and he believes, he's saved. So obviously that sin of his former thoughts about Jesus, that sin was forgiven. That's, that's what our Lord is talking about. You can get him wrong at one point in your life's story and yet be forgiven and be saved and get him right before you die and, and come to faith in Christ. But someone who has been given such light that they know who he is, but don't want to admit it. They know who He is, but they, they want to actually take what they've seen, unexplainable apart from God, and attribute that to Satan. Mm -hmm. There's no, no more light to give you at that point. Mm -hmm. What more can be given to you that you don't already have? And, and I think that's the danger, that in, that in that fullness of light, the danger being described, that mm -hmm. in the fullness of revelation, in the fullness of light, even, even light in you, you have been enlightened. You know who He is, and then with that kind of light, you reject Him, there's nowhere else for you to go. There's no hope for such a soul. Uh, I think it's interesting. Our Lord never gives us the, the evidences of when someone's committed that sin. Right. It's a warning, mm -hmm. but he doesn't, he doesn't attempt to quantify it. Mm -hmm. you know, this, now, here's when you know you'll have committed it. He mm -hmm. doesn't do that. It's a warning. We find similar things because someone might, might say, well, Richard, I'm not sure about that idea that it's, it's not able to be committed in our day because you have similar warnings, for example, post-resurrection, post-ascension in the book of Hebrews. Mm -hmm, that's true. Uh, Hebrews yeah. 10, 26, for if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a fearful expectation of judgment and of fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. Anyone who has set aside the law of Moses dies without mercy on the evidence of two or three witnesses. How much worse punishment do you think will be deserved by the one who has trampled underfoot the Son of God and has profaned the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified and has outraged the Spirit of grace? And on he goes. They might ask, is that the blasphemy of the Spirit? Well, that, that text doesn't say that that's the sin being committed in this case. But I would say it's similar. It's similar to what we talked about there in Matthew 12 in that what's envisioned here is we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth. I've been enlightened. I know what the truth is. And then I go on rejecting it anyway. But in this case, it doesn't say that sin can't be forgiven. It says what the only thing left for you if, you, if you go on in this way, is judgment. 
Uh, th there's nowhere else for you to go. There's no other Savior given to men except Jesus. You reject Him. There's no other Savior for you. There's no other gospel than the gospel that's been delivered to you. If you know it, if you've heard it, if you're enlightened to it, and then you reject it, there's no hope. There's nowhere else to go. So there's a similarity, but I, wouldn't, I don't know that it's exactly the same sin mm. that Jesus is describing in Matthew 12. So let me wrap it up by saying mm -hmm. this. If you care whether you've committed that sin or not, so, so let's just say I'm wrong and the sin can still be committed today. Okay. Blasphemy of the Spirit, which is unforgivable mm -hmm. and it's, it's eternal, cannot be forgiven. If you care about whether you've committed it or not, you haven't. Because what's envisioned there in, Mark, in Matthew 12 is someone who sees and with viciousness, I mean with mm -hmm. blasphemy, rejects the truth. Okay. So, so that's not the, the, the burdened, in many cases I've met it, believer mm -hmm. who's, who's afraid they've committed that sin. If you're, if you're concerned, you haven't. In addition, we want to remember the character of God. Uh, our God is not cruel. Mm -hmm. He's good. He's loving. He delights in mercy. He's not hiding himself. He's revealed himself to the extent that, he, that we had in Jesus of Nazareth. We had God with man, Emmanuel. Mm -hmm. I mean, he came in person, God has. In the, and in the person of his son said to us, here I am. And here is how uh, you can be saved. So God is not, not playing mind games with people. You know, they want to be saved, but they can't be saved. They want to believe the gospel, but he's withholding something from them. That's not the character and nature of our God. He pleads with sinners. He has us present the gospel in such a way that we exhort people to believe. Mm -hmm. This is the New Testament pattern that we see. So, so God is pleading with sinners to be saved not playing mind games with sinners to keep them lost. So when, when someone is, it comes under a fear that they wonder whether or not they've committed this sin, go to the gospel. Mm -hmm. Go to the gospel. Hear God's promises. Hear God's pleadings. And believe the gospel and then rest in the knowledge that the gospel comes not just with demand but with promise. The gospel, it, it, it has a command to repent and to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, but it also comes with promise that everyone who believes in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ will be saved. Mm -hmm. So God isn't playing mind games with you. He pleads with you. He offers himself to you. You trust in his son. He saves you. And then know you're saved by grace alone, mm -hmm. by faith alone, in Christ alone. And so if you believe, you are saved. Mm -hmm. And you can, can rest your mind and heart and eternity on the surety of God's promises. He, he's a... Uh, an altogether truthful God, he never lies. Mm -hmm. So believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Straight Truth Podcast. Now, Straight Truth is listener supported. So if you'd like to find out ways how you can help us to continue to produce this podcast, you can go to our website and find out ways to do that, straighttruth.net. At that website, you'll also find links to all of our previous episodes and our social media channels. So be sure to check it out. Straight Truth is a production of Walking in Grace Ministries, the preaching and teaching ministry of Pastor Richard Caldwell. For more information, go to walkingingrace.org.